You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless, useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard. And he is the blue meanie. Meanie, what is on your mind, sir? The knowledge is so useless you can't even pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> Stumbled my way right through that, man. Good morning, hey, sir. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, doing good. Well, you know, a little inside baseball. You know, today is uh, Saturday, Gimmick Fernum, uh, <laughs> the 29th? Yeah. Uh, Rumble Saturday, and uh, it's snowing out, and I am not going to do a goddamn thing but do this podcast today. That, that is an excellent thing to do. I, if you are joining us on the Patreon feed, which you can sign up right now at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie, and you can watch us record this episode. We are both still in our pajamas today. It is a snow day <laughs> here in the greater Philadelphia area, and I have no interest either in doing anything but relaxing today. So... That's why yeah, we look I'm, this way. Yeah, I'm still in my pajamas. I got my fucking bathrobe. I'm my uh, Thurston Howell the Third fucking bathrobe on. It's <laughs> uh, comfortable my, as hell, man. Yeah, my UGG slippers. I'm, uh, Mrs. Meanie makes fun of me. Blue Meanie, hey everybody, Blue Meanie wears UGGs, but um, <laughs> I'll wear the shoes. I wear the slippers. The slippers are comfortable as fucking hell. But uh, yeah, it's just like like. We talk off air and like we've both had like hectic weeks. Yeah. Uh and like like the today's like the one of the first days I don't have to do anything so I'm not going to do anything. And uh you know, just enjoy the day. Yeah. You know. Um I don't know. I sometimes I I forget whether we said something off the air cuz you know, but when we go live on Patreon at patreon.com/mindandmeany with the pod squad we have a conversation there, but I forget if I say on the air. So today I'm just going to sit around and uh, watch the uh, local news and watch people sled and uh, do goofy shit and hopefully not get hurt too bad. So as I uh, watch from the comfort of uh, Casa de Mini. I, my kids are outside with my wife right now, uh, sledding with the neighborhood children, and I'll, I'm sure I'm going to go out there and uh, do some Johnny Knoxville moves later. But um, speaking of Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> Meanie, it is Royal Rumble Saturday as well. You'll be hearing yeah. this on Monday, but the Pod Squad's joining us today for the Royal Rumble. Uh, Pod Squad member Lucha Lechozo is saying that you are no-selling right now because you are going to have an entry in the Rumble later, which is why you are behind a green screen, he says. Yeah, this is uh, just a big work. Uh, <laughs> we, we pre-recorded this in real time. Yep. And uh, it's I'm a whole thing. The, yeah, we have a whole time warp thing that we do. It's really quite impressive. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in St. Louis down, you know, downing some uh, good barbecue right now. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm impressed you got your blue mini background all the way to St. Louis safely and in the exact same order that's in Casa Domini. It's incredible, yeah. man. Well, we, we we got that that, uh, that Skype technology where you could just uh, have your own background. That's right. Here I at, am, uh, mind of me, but the mind of me technology. <laughs> I am impressed, and I will also tell you that I am now declaring myself an entry into the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I uh, we are here in the greater Philadelphia area, snowed in by this, getting ready for the Royal Rumble later tonight. Do you have yeah. any uh, Do you have any predictions 
for tonight's Royal Rumble event for the men's and women's event? I predict that the WWE will do the same things they do every year and people still complain that they did them as if they've never done them before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, people are mad. Johnny Knoxville's on the rumble. Okay. So let's not pretend they didn't have, you know, Drew Carey in pre, a previous rumble or, Oh my God, it's the, the latest outrage, you know, but, uh, uh, predictions for tonight. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to see fucking. Again, I I, I keep bringing his name up. I, I'd love to see Drew win it again and get another shot, man. Because I think Drew. I'm st- I'm stuck on the fact that Drew McIntyre didn't have a proper title run in front of an audience, and uh, the fact that if he can win another Rumble, <laughs> and yeah. get another shot at the world title. Uh, you know, that would, that would be great. You know, I'm, I'm really looking for, but dude, I am beyond hype to see, uh, Bobby Lashley versus Brock. Cause when, um, he first came out, a lot of my, you know, friends and coworkers in the wrestling world said, you know, he's like a future Brock in a way, both coming from amateur background, legit tough, and then you see they had similar career paths with going into MMA. And uh, the more interviews I see with Bobby Lashley, the more I really grow to like the guy. Not that I ever hated him, but, um, you know, I knew the, the, the on-screen Bobby Lashley character. I knew the wrestler, all that stuff. But then you get to see the guy on uh, Stone Cold's podcast, and then uh, this last week, he's on the, the Pat McAfee show. And I can't help but love the guy and want to root for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, talk about two guys who look like they were carved out of the side of a fucking mountain, you know, between Bobby and Brock. They look like two gladiators that, you know, would have, you know, fought in Roman times, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, this, it, that's going to be a hell of a main event. Um you know, uh, I predict, uh, I predict, uh, you know, Brock will do business and uh, give the belt back to Lashley. You know, I think, I think Lashley will be champion again at the, when all this, when the, uh, the smoke is settled, as they say. I'm trying to think of all the cliches I could say, you know. <laughs> well, I used but, one uh, earlier when talking about a friend of the show, Rob Van Dam. So uh, we'll have to, yeah. you'll have to go back and listen to that one later in the, uh, in the archive, if you will. But um, yeah. I, like I said, I've said before, I, I, t- I tend not to use lingo, A, because I'm not in the industry, and B, because I know I'm going to fuck it up. So <laughs> go ahead. You go ahead and use any cliches you want, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a barn burner. Um, <laughs> Slobber knocker. Yeah, slobber knocker, uh, the immovable object, meaning the irresistible force. <laughs> and as the late great Gorilla Monsoon would say, yeah, dude, I, it blows my mind that Gorilla Monsoon grew grew up like fifteen minutes from here in Philly. He he, he like right over the bridge. No uh, shit, I had you no go idea. over to Walt. You go over to Walt Bridge here in South Philly, and it's like exit one A. Wow, like right at yeah. You know, Collingswood. I, where was it? Collingswood. Oh, lived. Collingswood, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, he drove a, a Cadillac that had the license plate that said K Fabe. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe it. Uh, the so ex- the local shots, you see him pull up and you just see the car that said K Fabe and be fucking, ah, that's great. <laughs> uh, Sam Kreps, the executive voice of Mind of the Mini, actually found a, an old tape. Uh, at, I guess, a local VHS or one of his uh, local stores out there was a VHS tape from 1986, and it's hosted by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And I was like, dude, you just stumbled upon gold. I'll send in the, yeah. in the Patreon group, I'll, uh, I'll post some of the uh, screenshots that he sent me and some of the photos that he sent over from the video. But he was like, who are these people? And he, he, I think the main event was, I'll have to go back into the text, but I think he said it was Blackjack, uh, is it Blackjack Lanza or Blackjack Wyndham? Barry Windham, Blackjack, Mu- Ma- Blackjack Mulligan. That's which it. Was, <clears throat> technically, it was Blackjack Windham because that's his real name. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan, father of Barry Windham. Yep. Um, and then uh, 
you know, grandfather of uh, Wyndham Rotunda, who uh, has been doing some amazing stuff on YouTube. I don't know if you've been watching that. Yes. So to to go back to the original thing, the first match on oh, yeah, the yeah, video, yeah, yeah. and then we'll go to, to Mr. Rotunda because I definitely want to talk about that. The first I also match, have another point too, but go ahead. The first match on the video that he was watching, uh, so it's from Primetime Wrestling from 1986. The first match is Jimmy Jack Funk and Blackjack Mulligan at the Boston Garden. And he said, Jimmy Jack Funk has a noose around his neck. Uh, next was Iron Mike Sharp and SD Special Delivery Jones. Um, and that was that was where he left off as he was watching it. So I was like, dude, you just stumbled across a really cool piece of wrestling history. So Jimmy Jack Funk and I don't care. Jimmy Jack <laughs> Funk and I don't care. <laughs> Sounds like Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. <laughs> um, that's dude, why I, I, I go ahead. What's that? I was gonna say that's why. No, I, was, I, I was. Ah, we did ahead. it again. Twinsies. Um, I was watching. Uh, a lot of people don't know. Gorilla Monsoon was partial owner of the Puerto Rico territory, and uh, WWE ran a show down there, and they had the show on. Um, old version of the network and uh is from uh the the baseball stadium of puerto rico and uh gorilla monsoon was doing the play-by-play and just started raining and like it was like the most bizarre show to watch because everybody had to wrestle in the rain but they're afraid to like run the ropes because the ring would gets slippery yeah and, and wrestling boots they got that smooth sole so it's like it became like the ice capades you know people are just like oh and but like, Gorilla Monsoon is doing play by play underneath a, a tarp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most bizarre thing. If you ever, if you could ever find the footage, you know, from that show, w is like WWF Puerto Rico in 1986, 87. It just starts downpouring, and like the killer bees are like, you know, trying not to, you know, fall down. Which uh, seems to be the theme today. You know, people falling down. But uh, yeah. <laughs> should be the name of the show, right? Pajamas and people falling down. Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry. Why you you were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say. Uh, I was going to say something about. Oh, right. With Sam, um, the reason I make him watch old wrestling or watch him like kind of bad matches is because he's not a wrestling fan. So it's always fun to get him like just a totally unvarnished opinion because he has no idea who most of these people are. So now he's like right. starting to get into it, and he's like, "Oh, I found these cool videos." And, you know, so it's just it's just funny to tie that back. But man, the Wyndham stuff is. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And I, I reached out to some folks that I know and I was like, hey, is this like, is this legit? Because sometimes you see stuff online and you're like, well, is it actually him? Is it him doing this? Because you see the fiend in there as well, which from what I understand yeah. is still WWE intellectual property. I think they still own the trademark to that character. So uh, well, he, he might have bought the mask and owns the right to the mask, but the actual name, The Fiend, might be something, a totally different ballpark. Because oh. I think he went to Tom Savini to have all that stuff made. I think he yep. might have paid for it out of his own pocket just so he owns the right. I, again, I a thousand percent don't know for sure whether that's the case, but right. if you know, if you put the money out and buy the gear, the gear is yours, you know. Well, I remember. Uh, I remember when they first tried to, you know, back in the nineties, they made Tracy Smothers, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd, and they uh, gave him the gear. And then when he left WWE, they sent him a letter saying, "Can you send that gear back?" Wow. <laughs> but uh, in this case, I think I'm pretty sure Bray, aka Wyndham, paid for the Fiend mask. Out of his own pocket. So he's probably got the receipts to go, hey, no, motherfucker. I gave, I paid for this thing. I'm showing this thing. Right. He just probably, he probably just can't say the words fiend. Yeah. You know and, and copyright law is a weird thing too, because I know you can, you can copyright a name and an idea, right? So like Bray Wyatt obviously is their IP, which is the whole conversation about Walter and Gunther, part of that narrative. It's like Vince does that. He changes people's names. It's the reason why John Moxley wasn't. John Moxley in WWE, he was Dean Ambrose because they want to IP that, right? But or ta Taz with two Z's, uh, right? Right, and it's, so it's a whole thing about and again, which is a wild story because I had no idea that Vince McMahon had an entire agreement with Marvel over using the name Hulk when Hulk Hogan came into the company, which is 
But if you watch those old WWF tapes, the one that your friend just bought, if Hulk Hogan's on that tape at the end, it says something about Marvel Comics. No shit. Like in the cre- in the credits, if you watch those, either a pay per view or old Coliseum home video, there's mm-hmm. always a little fine print thing that they show. Like when Gangrel on those WWF home videos, Gangrel is property of something white wolf entertainment or something like that it's on the video game too you know because i guess gangrel came from another gangrel the name came from another universe interesting so they had to give credit and all that stuff so that is crazy i had no idea but i know that friend shout out to friend of, of, of foundation radio and mind of the meanie uh jason baker who helped was instrumental in designing a lot of that stuff with with Wyndham and and tom savini um, nice. We actually, I got a, t- a chance to tour that studio, the uh, Callisum studio in Pittsburgh when James and I were out there and it was unbelievable. You know, all the stuff that they have all over the places was really wild. But yeah, I just, I, I guess it probably, but that's the thing. It's, it's a weird dynamic because that character, right? Like if you see it, you know what it is. Is that still their prop? Is the image and likeness still belong to wwe or does it belong to Wyndham? you know like how does that work because they're still producing action figures they're still using the likeness of the character on t-shirts and all kinds of other shit so it's like how does and i mean that's probably a good question for you because as the blue meanie right you were on merchandise you were on posters and flyers and you know you're still on the wwe website as part of the alumni uh section yeah how yeah. does that work? Like, how does the back end of all that stuff work for you? Like, when you sign your contract, is that something that you have to say? Like, yeah, you can use my likeness. Or, like, for example, if they offered you a Legends deal, right? How does that work with producing action figures or having you in the video games, all that back end stuff that nobody really thinks about? Well, uh, that, I, that came down to, like, uh, I figures Toy Company was going to do an action figure with me. They're a little skittish because they're like, who owns... You know, does WWE own the Blue Meanie character? <clears throat> and uh, when you you just brought up a great point with the contract in my WWF contract, which I still have somewhere, it says the Blue Meanie is the intellectual property of Brian Heffron. Cool. So I faxed that over to Figures Toy Company, and they're like, "Oh, we're good to go." Cool. You know, you you, you have a legal binding document that says it's yours. So, uh, yeah, I sent that over. But, you know, when it comes to the Fiend and WWE, uh, I would have to say they, <clears throat> there's, there's got to be a, a, like a licensing deal where they're allowed to show this. If, if, and again, a thousand percent, I don't know what their fucking deal is, but I'm going to assume that, uh, you know, Bray bought the mask, owns the rights to the mask, all that stuff. They maybe own the right to name the, actually, we could probably, you know, do a, a a search for it, the fiend to see who owns it. But uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, there's got to be a, like a licensing agreement where he agrees that they could show the footage of the mask in perpetuity, and you know, still cut him a royalty if that's still a thing anymore. Right. Uh, with the net, with the network, but um, and and maybe he he's got permission to take it forward since he owns. And, and and invested in and paid for it and stuff like that. So I'm still not completely convinced that Wyndham is done with WWE. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I still think he's going to show back up at some point. It may not be anytime soon, but I, I don't think that that guy is done with them by a long shot. But what I, well, I, I think he's doing something very smart where, and a lot of wrestlers are doing this and it's very smart. Like, you know, uh, Steve Macklin uh, in Impact. He, you know, he got released from WWE and he just wanted to start, he started paying for like these videos. He started producing these videos of him doing things. And that drove up the interest in him to where Impact was like, look at this guy just, you know, grabbing the ball, you know, the bull by the horns, so to speak, and creating his own content. And they used the thing he paid for on their TV. They just had to change the music. Because he was using Frank Sinatra's "That's Life," but uh, you know, Wyndham right now, he—I'm sure he's—I mean, he's—I'm sure he's set. You know, so he—he's spending the money producing like this small. It looks like a—it looks like a, a movie. Yeah, you know, he probably went and had like a movie. You know, 
you know, uh, he probably wrote this script out and stuff like that. And he's going to produce all this stuff and build up so much interest. And he's such a, he's still, you know, he's, I'm assuming he's still a free agent that he's going to put this out and draw up some interest to the fact that where people are just going to fight for, you know, his services, whether it's WWE saying, please come back Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, a and E, A and E, AEW. <laughs> Today on Biography, um, uh, you know AEW, you know wants them or Impact or whatever. But uh, then again, I'm still convinced that he might have left WWE on his own because he just needed time away. So he he may, may very well still have an open end agreement with WWE. Hey. Go away, as they say, uh, go away for a little bit, recharge your mental batteries, and then come back when uh, you're ready to rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Or as the phrase I've also heard, uh, learn some new holds. So I've heard that at some oh, point. Yeah, or, go, go or down, Jim, learn some new holds, come back. Or as Jim Ross said to me when they released me after WrestleMania, go away, put on a fresh, fresh new coat of paint, and come on back. <laughs> uh, which they, they, they never really... They released me, but they still had me on shows, which is odd. Yeah. You know, usually, usually they give you a release. They stop giving you plane tickets and a booking sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I was still showing up. Hey, yeah, I was like, <laughs> ride I'm, this wave as long as I can, dude. Yeah, let's do it. I I am not allergic to making money. Hell no, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was weird. I showed up to a show in Seattle and the fan goes, what are you still doing here? I was like, they keep booking me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna do what I. I'm doing what I'm told, guys. I'm just here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um. What I like though is uh. And I guess we can tie it back into the Rumble. Uh. You know tonight. Sure. As you're, as you're listening to the show, obviously, you know inside baseball, the Rumble will have already happened. But um. I do. And like, Monday, m- m- Monday, people could tell us how wrong we were. That's even right. Though, you know, Go ahead and tweet us know. at Mind of the Meanie and let us know how terrible our predictions are. Or hey, you guys are you know clairvoyant. Um, yeah. We uh. I love the fact that they ref- they referenced. John Moxley as Mox on SmackDown. Did they? I, I don't I know. That. that was not this, not yesterday's show, but the week before during the Seth Rollins Roman Reigns buildup. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Seth Rollins said me and Mox, and I just thought that was interesting because it's like that's you know that's out of the ordinary to hear them reference him as another character name. You know that like maybe right. that was just something that he did. I, I don't know. I just. I'm fascinated to see if that's something that's going to end up paying off in some way, you know, like this, you know, I don't know. Like, why would they, that doesn't seem to go against like from what the, the prevailing narrative is that seems to go against the, the grain, so to speak with what Vince has done over, you know, years of being in the business. But um, do you think there's going to be any surprises tonight from AEW? And what do you, how do you feel about them mentioning Mox by name on air? You know, I, to me, I, uh, you know, I think Seth Rollins has enough equity in that company where he could freelance a little bit. Yeah. And he probably just, you know, I could see Seth Rollins, and again, I'm not speaking for him, but he he could have easily said, you know, I'm going to reference the Shield, and everybody in the world knows that he's not Dean Ambrose anymore. So I'll just slide in a, a small little mox. You know, under it, it was subtle. It was under the radar, and not enough for Vince to go. Oh, what did he say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, nothing, sir. Nothing, sir. Uh, you know, it's uh, easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission. You know, because I, I I could have sworn down the you know somewhere before uh, Sami Zayn actually dropped the letters AEW on their TV, like yes. you go to AEW or something like that. So. Um, I'm sure, you know, some people have more stroke to say certain things. I wouldn't be surprised, man. That would be awesome. Um, I think, you know, um, it could draw, you know, WWE, and I said this before, WWE is all about creating buzz. It's about Correct. buzz. What are people saying? Even if it's negative, it's a positive. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, why I tell people, you can go and, on Twitter and shit on the product all you want, but all you're doing is giving free advertisement. You know, the thing you might hate, somebody else might like. 
So you say, oh, this is horrible. People are like, let me go see what this horrible thing is. And they go, oh, actually, I like that. Let me stick around and watch it. So, you know, you know, uh, I know I'm going off a side road here. Hey, man. But, uh, but, but to create buzz, hey, you want to have uh, an AEW guy come out in a rumble? Somebody who may have already worked here, like a Moxley. You know, yeah. why not? Why not have, you know, a moment? You know, uh, shit, Kenny Omega. You know, I don't know. Who who knows? You know, it's possible. It's possible, right? Because they don't have the reciprocity. Like, I don't. Again, I I have no idea. I'm probably talking out of my ass. And if I am, you know, as some of you have done on on YouTube, please feel free to tell me. But I, I don't know what AEW's deals are with reciprocity. I know that they have a lot more flexibility going to other companies to work, such as John Moxley at GCW. And some other folks who've gone to Japan, do they have a clause in there about going to WWE? You know, like obviously they they probably don't because Mickey James is in the Rumble tonight as the Impact's Knockout Champion. So yeah. I don't know, man. I would pop. I would probably pop harder for Mox showing up than I would for Kenny Omega tonight. I would say you know it's all up to Tony Khan, really. You know, and Tony's smart. Tony's that. Here's the thing. No, you know. Tony's a fan, but he's a businessman. You know, you can see, you know, he can have Melter say, you know, how many times AEW beats him in the demo. In the King stuff, demo. But, Sorry. Yeah, but in 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 the in, in the uh, in the heart of hearts, he's he's a fan, and he would. Tony Khan is smart enough to know as a fan. If he saw another wrestler from another promotion show up on WWE TV, as it that AEW shows up to WWE, that's going to fucking not only create buzz for WWE, it's going to create buzz for AEW. I mean, look all the times they 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 almost had shoot crossover between WCW and WWE when DX showed up. Yeah. <laughs> DX showed up at fucking Nitro. Yeah, and. And Bischoff says, I regret not letting, keeping the door open for them to just walk in on our TV. Imagine how great that, how great TV that would have been if they allowed DX to just walk in to their building and they would have just filmed them yeah. in their building. And now we have that, we have that in real life now where, you know, if AEW and WWE have this secret shoot agreement, you know, let's, hey, you know, you have a guy that used to work there that he can come in and it yeah. can look like a shoot and, or, you know, whatever. And then we'll just go back to our own merry way and, you know, create buzz for both our products. And there's no losers in this situation, no. especially in a, in a rumble where nobody's getting pinned. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. The safest, the, the safest, Losses, you know, getting limited, you know, by throwing over the top rope, you're because your shoulders aren't being limited, you know, pinned to the mat, you know. That's why they always do count outs and DQs as ways to protect guys from, you know, losing in the wrestling yeah. business, you know. Well, I that's mean, why you always watch it. You always watch an old WWF tournament, and like the first round, there's always like a double count out, you know, so somebody could get a buy. Yeah, so you're not you know, you're, you're not pre- making them look bad, right? Yeah, or putting the care, or you know, making them lose their equity on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. uh I could totally see Mox showing up tonight, twenty, twenty one, yeah. going all the way. Wouldn't that be fucking something? Obviously, again, this is just me pipe dreaming and being a fan, but like fuck, could you hey, imagine? I'm a, fa- some- I'm, a, I'm a fan too, so fuck <laughs> I'd love to see it. If some shit happened and they fucking were like, Yep, Mox just won the Royal Rumble, he's not even a signed guy. <laughs> He's going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the title, right? Holy got, shit, dude. I, I could see, I, I could honestly see if WWE be willing to do that with the open door thing. I could totally see Tony Khan saying, you know, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's have, you know, by the time he gets to fucking Mania, I'll crown him the AEW champion. You can have AEW champion versus WWE champion. Crazy. And then make it, and then make it like some kind of crazy three way where, the guy who's not champion in the match gets pinned so that both champions stay strong. I was you know? just going to say, or throw Seth Rollins in there as a three-way dance, right? Have the Shield fight each other, W, you know, universal champ, AEW champion, Seth Rollins. Have yeah. Seth Rollins pin Mox. 
Yeah. And that's how you that's how you get out of there. So not the champ neither of the champions are Or no, you you would have Roman pin or Roman pin um pin Seth. That's right. Because right. Roman would win, he would pin the WWE guy, and the AEW guy never got his shoulders pinned, so he stays strong. He, he technically didn't win the match, but he didn't lose the match either. Right, right. He's not getting his shoulders pinned, right? The same right. thing they did with the fiend at uh, what was it, Payback uh, with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns pinned Braun Strowman for the title. He didn't pin the Fiend. Right. And I felt like that was purposeful. Right. But uh, some of the folks in the pod squad, I'm noticing yeah. there's a lot of chatter over here about Cody Rhodes. The rumor yeah. mill is a buzz with Cody Rhodes showing up because he's not under contract at AEW right now. So Gee, I wonder very- who leaked that. I wonder who leaked that to the, uh, the press. It, could, it certainly couldn't have been Cody Rhodes. Not at all. Why would he do something like that, Blue Meanie? Yeah, to get people talking about the possibility of him possibly showing up, which I, it, which helps uh, WWE, but also helps Cody Rhodes, the mystique of Cody Rhodes, because he's a, he has a lot of mystique about him now. Is he going to be heel? Is he going to be a good guy? Is he going crazy? Uh, we don't know with uh, with Cody. I just know he had a hell of a match with Sammy Guevara. That was oh, man. Fantastic. That fucking RKO or the diamond cutter, whatever you want to call it, that move was sharp coming off those Dude. ladders. That was some I'm impressive ama- work. I'm, I'm amazed that Matt Hardy didn't do that like back in the day. Like cut her off the ladder like that, but or you know, twist the faith. Yeah. Off off a ladder like that. But whatever Sammy Guevara does, it just looks effortless. Mm-hmm. You know, it just you would think, you know, it was CGI and he had cables, you know, lifting him and safely. It reminds <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me one time he uh, Tracy Smothers and a bunch of boys were in a in a in a diner and uh so the lady that goes Oh, that wrestling—that's that's that's fake, right? He goes, "Yeah, ma'am, it's all scripted. You know, we we jump off the top rope, we got wires, and we got a bunch of pillows on the mat, and the and by the time he kept t- t- saying like how ridiculously fake it was, she was like, "No, it ain't fake." He like reverse psychology talked <laughs> talk, talk her into thinking it was real. But uh, yeah, whatever Sammy does, it's fucking effortless. Yeah, and h- how old is he? Sammy Guevara. I think he's yeah. in his early twenties, isn't he? And he's got he hasn't filled out yet, man. He's still a young dude. He's he's twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty eight. he looks younger than that. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, you know, he's still got a ways to go. And that's not a bad thing. No, that's a good thing. Not at all, yeah. That, that TNT title looks like it was made specifically for him. Yeah. You know, it looks it looks great on him. It's like Johnny Bravo. The suit fits, you know, from the Brady Bunch. Um, yeah. Deep reference. Sorry. <laughs> um, hold on. Hold on one second. I got to, I think I might have a new one to record. Hold on. <laughs> oh, man. An exclusive. Oh my god, dude! I'm leaving all this in too. I'm not cutting a fucking thing, man. All of it's staying no. right in. Uh, I cut. <laughs> I, I cut something. <laughs> Fuck, man. Speaking of cutting something, meanie, <laughs> roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code MEANY20. For 20% off plus free shipping, it's incredibly important to have nice-looking balls this Valentine's Day. I know my wife, Courtney, appreciates the smoothness of Little John and the Eastside Boys as we're getting ready to go and complete our taxes because don't forget, friends, it's tax season as well. The holidays went by so quickly. Uh, Do you remember... Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little bit more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin 
And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. So while Meanie's cutting something in his shorts there, one thing he's not cutting is his balls. It even has the 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. And did I mention that it's waterproof? Meanie's probably going to need a shower after that little noise he just did there. How's uh, how's your um, performance package 4.0 working for you, Meanie? Dude, speaking of effortless... Uh, all the products from Manscaped are effortless. Uh, you know, they give you the, the stuff that helps protect you between the, the skin safe technology. Uh, I used the, uh, the, the lawnmower, I mean, the, uh, the, the nose and hair, ear trimmer, nose and ear hair trimmer. Sorry, I gassed myself. Uh, <laughs> but I, they also, they also had this, this, uh, uh, club you could join where every three months they, send you fresh blades they could send you fresh product you know i I, they just sent me a a replacement head for my uh my nose trimmer so like they they're on the ball no pun intended uh when it comes to uh their technology of keeping you uh looking sharp feeling sharp smelling sharp you know i got the body wash and shampoo and conditioner in my shower that i use every day I'll tell you what I'd like to propose, making Jan- or February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. And as Vanessa said in the group, don't be stupid. Take care of your Cupid this year. This package also includes the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all of the worst weeds. They even threw in two free gifts, their shed travel bag and the anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep little John and the Eastside boys stored comfortably. Don't forget, they complete the package with the liquid formations like formulations, rather like the crop preserver, ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys. And then stay cool all day long with the toner to keep you feeling your best all day and night. And don't forget to smell good not only around your balls, but all over. Made with their signature scent, the Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Go to manscaped.com right now and use the exclusive offer code that we have here, Meanie 20 and get 20% off with free shipping. Remember, it's Meanie 20 at checkout. Your balls and your lady will thank you and Meanie I always got to say thank you for making sure we're able to get our sponsors at Manscaped put in here each and every week. And thank you for cutting that and probably ripping through your shorts with that nuclear blast that you had. How are you feeling right now? Are you able? Do you remember what regular air smells like at this point? Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I felt like I was in a in a capsized boat where you're trying to find that pocket of air towards the top of the ship. You know, where you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> You ever see a movie where a boat's flipped up, upside down in uh, yeah. the boat that's yeah. upside down? They got to find <laughs> find that pocket of air. It's just like, <sighs> man, dude, fresh oh oxygen. Speaking of uh, speaking of finding oxygen, I don't know how this ties, but and you had mentioned um, AEW. CM Punk mentioned you this past oh, week. Yeah, how dope was that, dude? I I was pretty cool. Um, for uh, people not to know, there was the uh, Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame the night before uh, GCW's big event, the World on GCW. And uh, shout out to them. Congratulations to them. Uh, but the night before, they had the Independent Hall of Fame, kind of like how they had the Hall of Fame before uh, WWE's WrestleMania. So, um, but yeah, CM Punk uh, was inducting the great Dave Prezak who uh, uh you know, I've known Dave since you know I started starting the business he might have started a little bit before me but uh after I, I left Al Snow school and um you know moved back to Jersey and start doing shows with you know Dennis Corluzo there's always Dave Prazak and became friendly with Dave uh he would come to ECW shows all that good stuff and then um you know you know Punk was do- inducting Prazak who's done so much for the, the wrestling business, but uh, Punk had talked about, you know, when he was getting the business, you know, Dave Prezak would do, you know, custom music videos for him, you know, the wrestlers, you know, that he could like send to promoters, which was, you know, ahead of the, ahead of the you know, curve back in the day, if you could do that, you know, put two VCRs together and make your own music videos. So, you know, during the course of inducting Dave Prezak into the Hall of Fame, Punk said, you know, Prezak said, you know, 
know, Dave gave me Norm Connors, you know, uh, information in Pittsburgh, Blumini's uh, information in Philadelphia, which to me, it was awesome that A, he mentioned me, but he also mentioned Norm Connors because Norm Connors was instrumental in my career early on as well. Um, and it was through Norm Connors that I initially met CM Punk because, uh, you know, Punk worked for Norm a bunch of times. And uh, I worked, I was still working for Norm whenever I could. And I saw CM Punk on those shows. It was Punk, you know, Kamana. I want to say East Steel was on those shows too. And uh, just, uh, you could see right then and there, like the dude had, he had a look, he had something. And uh, him and uh, Cabana, you know, were like a traveling package. So uh, when I start wrestling, when I, when I left WWE and ECW shut down and there was this void in the wrestling, Philly wrestling scene, start running shows uh, for a promotion called 3PW, our first show was main evented by CM Punk and Cole Cabana versus Joey Mercury and uh, Christian York. Wow. Yeah, and, um, you know, I I, I, can't, I take pride in being the first guy to bring CM Punk to Philadelphia, you know, and, uh, you know, th- <laughs> and through uh, booking Punk, on those three PW shows, that's when Ring of Honor kind of started noticing Punk as well because uh, the first people to you know, like the first three PW show was recorded by uh, RF Video, which was initially the owners of Ring of Honor. You know, it's owned by Kerry Sulkin now, but in the beginning, it was RF Video who uh, were wise enough to use their mailing list of people who bought all these videos for ECW through our RF video. Now they had this wealth of a, of a mailing list to start their own promotion and, you know, draw fans. But, you know, we used our video to record our first show. And, you know, the, the folks from our, our video stood there and watched punk wrestle the main event of the first three BW card, which kind of put a germ of an idea to bring them into ring of honor. So it was cool that, you know, the other night when, you know, Punk said, you know, brought up my name, that it brought back so many, you know, memories. And it was nice to be acknowledged, you know. Yeah. And not acknowledge Meanie, as the shirt says. Uh, Which you can actually uh, pick up over at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie to support the show. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just uh, it was very cool of uh, Punk to do that. Um, and, my, and of course, my phone blew up. Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, I I wish I could have been there. Uh, they also inducted Tracy Smothers into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, I wish I could have done something for that. Uh, you know, Tracy Smothers was instrumental in my career, and we were we were basically married for a year in ECW. So uh, we feuded, and I've known Tracy Smothers since you know I first started in '94. So uh, it would have been nice to see it, be there in person to see him get inducted. I was offered uh, a chance to go there and see it, but you know, real life got in the way, and I couldn't make the trip to New York. But uh, you know, it, it, it was a good night for wrestling with the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, everybody they they inducted was uh, you know worthy. You know, it, it was a very cool experience. Hopefully, they do it again. Hopefully, like the Hamner sign becomes their. <clears throat> Their WrestleMania, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, they do this Hall of Fame once a year. And uh, again, back to Punk, you know, you know, uh, for everything he's done in, in his career, you know, the goods, the bads, and uh, other things, it was, it was nice to be uh, recognized yeah. by one of, the, one of the best to, uh, if I'm going to use a cliche, one of the best to lace them up. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show should be called. This episode should be pajamas and cliches. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, look, man, that was that was uh, that makes two of us on the show now and have been publicly mentioned by by CM Punk in the past year. Uh, <laughs> I uh, no, I I popped, man. I got to tell you, I popped really hard when I heard that, and um, I was excited for you. And I'm always hyped when I hear people, you know, as they say in other in other circles, give him give people their flowers. And I think uh, I think it, I think it's long overdue for Blue Meaning to get his flowers. And uh, I'm curious, uh, is this the year 
that meaning goes into the Hall of Fame, into the Independent Hall of Fame, or into the oh. WWE Hall of Fame. I'm, I would love to see that happen at some point, you know, in the near future. I, I would love that as well, but it's not for me to decide, you know. So, uh, Vince, if you're listening, because I know that you are, Vince McMahon <laughs> is our number one listener. I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if we we should share that much inside baseball, but we'll 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 share. Vince yeah. is, you know, okay, oh, pal. We call him Vinny. He calls and yeah. uh, he's oh goddamn, great programming. No, I'm just kidding. But no, if you're listening, <laughs> listen. It's uh, I think it's I think it's long overdue. Meany deserves a spot. Meany deserves his flowers. And uh, you know, I uh, I think it'd be I think it'd be great. But I would love to go to a GCW event next year, as long as it's safe. You know, as long as you know we're on the other side of this pandemic, I think that would yeah. be uh, I think that would be super dope. I would uh, I would enjoy that, dude. Uh, just yeah, it's, it would be awesome. But it's ultimately it's not for me to decide, or you know, uh, it would mean more if they asked. You know, it's just. That would seem kind of corny to be like, "Hey, can you put me in your Hall of Fame?" You know, just well, listen, it's you not know. you asking; it's me saying, "Hey, you right, guys, right, put right, on, right, put right, in yeah. meanie, right?" Like, let's do it, guys. Come on, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get this. True. Let's get this man his call. But hey, I uh, I'm excited. I know Josh had a lot of really great content too with Fight TV. So if you guys get a chance, go over to Real Dad's uh, Twitter and check out his videos. He had a bunch of stuff he was doing Absolutely. with Matt Cardona and uh, John Moxley, CM Punk. He had a chance to chat with. He didn't ask him about the shoe thing, which I was a little disappointed. I thought, as a journalist, <laughs> um, he would have asked him. But you know, CM Punk, listen, if you're uh, if you're interested, we're still uh, we're still down for the charity idea, man. We would love to have you on. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I think as far as tying it back to the Rumble tonight, I would uh, I would think that I believe that Bobby wins, and I think Roman retains. And uh, I don't know who the big surprises are going to be. I feel like this is the first year that I haven't really had any kind of idea who's going to win, right? Because last year... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say the pandemic throws everything into, you know, out of whack because you could have a match and then all it takes for one person to test positive and then the whole concept is thrown... You know, imagine, you know, you go to the building and you want to, you know... Bobby or Roman test positive for COVID, you know, and then you got to rearrange the card. So that's it's hard to get invested into a show where you just don't know who's going to be available. What happened already at day one? I mean, literally the night of the show, the night of the show, Roman Reigns test positive for coronavirus and they had to completely reshape the entire card, which ended up being like a happy accident in a lot of ways, because then we ended up with Lesnar and Lashley, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, shit, we don't want Roman. Roman's a fucking leukemia survivor. You know, his immune system yeah. is all fucked up. The last thing that guy needs yep. is COVID. But, right. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens tonight. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I, uh, I, I have no idea what, I, I can't even begin to imagine who's going to win tonight. But I'm definitely looking forward to being told I was wrong on this episode as it comes up. Um, and we're look, talking about the, uh, we are talking about the pod squad right now. Everybody's sending in a lot of great questions and a lot of great commentary. Don't forget, guys, sign up right now and get this show early. You can watch us record this at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Uh, I'm just going back through our comments here. Uh, Andy Schlichter is here talking a lot about Cody. Um, yes, Andy, I am pretty sure Meanie gassed himself out there as well. That yeah. was uh, that was a very fucking brutal. <laughs> it was a very uncomfortable face he made as I was doing the <laughs> manscape read. Uh, I don't know, Meanie. Do you want to go into? Uh, do you want to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Use ask Meanie as the hashtag on Twitter. You can tweet it at. Meanie at Blue Meanie BWO. You can tweet it at the show, Mind of the Meanie. And you can also tweet it at me if you'd like to, at This Is Goober. Andy Schlichter asked, hashtag Ask Meaniehausen, what are your thoughts on the Dan Housen debut on AEW this week? Uh, something that uh, was long overdue, Housen. Um, <clears throat> uh, it was very cool. Um, and something you could kind of see from coming, <laughs> you kind of see coming from a mile away. The way he was, you know, he's been interacting with uh, the ass boys, Billy ass, <laughs> ass boys. and the ass boys, uh, you know, on social media. Uh, and the way they re- re- reply to him, which, you know, if he wasn't going to do anything with them, why would they reply, you know, right. bother replying? But uh, what a perfect debut just out of nowhere. 
just comes out of the, you know, you go to pull a, it was kind of very, uh, our truthish, you know, where, yeah. uh, you go to pull the plunder from underneath the ring and he pulls Dan Housen from under the ring. Adam Cole does. And, uh, Dan Housen curses, uh, Dan Housen curses Adam Cole, which, yeah. uh, you know, which wound up giving him his first loss in the AEW. So I, I, I love the Dan Housen character. He, he reminds me a lot of, he reminds me of like one of those guys that would like, besides the fact that he's a, he's a great wrestler, like just a, a character where like he would host the, uh, creature double feature on some TV channel. You know, I grew up in, a, in an era where you, you'd watch, uh, Svengoolie, you know, and he would yeah. always show like the, the cool, you know, monster movies and stuff like that. I could see like Dan Hales is doing something like that, but, uh, yeah, besides the fact that, you know, he's a he's a, a guy who was he's been wrestling for years and then reinvented himself with this Dan Housen character. Talking about, you know, you know reinventing yourself, you know, and stuff like that. So he you know Dan Housen's amazing. Dan Housen's hilarious. And uh, you know, I think the you know, the world is the world is his oyster. I wanted to say the world was his ostrich, but that's a, I'd be ripping off the trailer park boys there. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am going back to the Twitter machine right now. Let's pull this up here. Mark and Dryden asks, a good consensus of fans, wrestlers, and reporters say that the 1992 Royal Rumble match was the best of all. What other Rumbles are comparable to it or are that memorable? I think I said that this recently, where the the one Drew one was probably one of the one of the best ones. Now, you know, the Flair one to me is like the ultimate one mm. uh, because I think that was like maybe one of the first times you know, like a title was on the line or something. You know, there's 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 weight to it. You know, there the importance of winning the belt and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the, the, the definitely the Drew the one Drew McIntyre one. To me, is uh, in recent history, in recent years, is probably an all-time favorite. Just for the fact that the way they built that thing looked like Brock was going to win the whole thing. Yeah, you know, it looked like Brock was going to come out, eliminate all <laughs> twenty-nine guys, and win it himself. And that, but like as they told a story of you know who's coming out next, and then then Keith Lee comes out, and then Brock's like, ooh. Yeah, look at this guy, you know, and stuff like that. And then like Drew hits him with the kick and eliminates him. Dude, just watch, watch the fucking crowd. Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, that it's pop, amazing. Man. It's amazing. Like just for wrestling in general, it's amazing what people I see people shit on in on online. But then like I watch the show and I'm looking at the crowd and the crowd's into it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so weird. It's like uh, there's like you know, two different worlds, but uh, you'd watch that crowd when Drew eliminates Brock. Yeah, and the realization that this guy who they thought was going to eliminate everybody and win it is out. Yeah, and now it's uh, it's up for grabs. Such a great, there was such a great story told there. I would say for me, if it's I know it's not Ask Adam, but if I could offer my analysis as well, I would say the only one comparable that I have seen to '92 is probably 2020. Honestly, I agree with that completely. I think the story that they told with McIntyre was fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if there's any other ones that were really as meaningful for me. It's my favorite event of the year. Like, I love watching the Rumble every year. It's my, the pay-per-view I look forward to the most. Uh, I know it sounds crazy to say that, but even more so than WrestleMania. I just There's something about the match that's just fantastic. But yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree 110%. Uh, friend of the show, Ringside Rant asks, what are your thoughts on the overtime rule in the NFL? Yeah, man. After that Bills Kansas City game, I would have loved to have seen the Bills get the ball back one more time. And for those who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, because you might live in another country and don't watch American football, probably one of the best. We pro- we just had probably one of the best playoff weekends in you know in, in pro football, American football. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of lazy booking. There's three matches that ended on the same finish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers are lazy booking yeah. this shit. But like it was like the first weekend where every game ended on the final play. 
like there was three last second field goals and then the that Chiefs game in overtime and in sudden death when uh, you know uh, Travis Kelsey caught the the touchdown from uh from Holmes. Now like and I you know I'm 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 a proponent of I hate it but before the rule used to be first person to score that's it and then you just all you would have to do is drive down to you know your opponent's 30 or 40 yard line and kick a field goal and win so you're leaving it up to a coin toss instead of actual skill now they went and abridged it to where if you kick it you know if if you score a touchdown you win if you kick a field goal the other team gets a chance to answer to either tie it or score a touchdown or if your drive stalls out and your opponent gets the ball, and then they score a field goal or a touchdown, they win. Okay, I think it should be like basketball. Basketball, they just play a fresh new quarter, and you know whatever the score is at the end of the overtime, that's who wins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But then again, you got probably have the NFL's player association going. Well, that's an extra period. That's extra wear and tear on the body. Because it's a full contact sport, right? And that's where I say, uh, stop testing for pot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, man, uh, I would definitely like to see in the situation where both teams get a chance to touch the ball. You know, even if you know the one team goes down and scores a touchdown, okay, the other team gets a, a chance to answer back. Which builds more drama into the game, you know. If yeah. they can just, you know, it's you know fourth de- fourth and four on, near the goal line, and the guy gets down to like the half inch thing, and the game ends on a dramatic, you know, stop. Kind of like when the Rams got, you know, the Rams uh, stopped. Uh, I want to say Tennessee on that in that one playoff game or whatever, but yeah, it would just add more drama if both teams got to touch the the ball in overtime. Noah Kinsey wants to know, friend of the show, Noah Kinsey wants to know, I feel like I've heard every ECW OG talk about the final days of ECW, but I haven't heard of your experience. When and how did you know it was in financial trouble and how did it affect you? Uh, It didn't really affect me because I went back, you know, maybe the last couple months of of ECW and I was... Not only getting paid by ECW, I was still getting paid by WWE. So I was like double dipping there. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, Paul owes me nothing because without Paul, nobody would know know who the fuck I am. Now, it's different for like a, a Shane Douglas because the Shane Douglas was like this established wrestler before he even went to ECW, helped build ECW. You know, he was in WCW, he was in UWF, Mid-South, all these different promotions. He goes to ECW and gives ECW credibility where, on the other hand, ECW gave me an opportunity. I was just this young kid coming out of snow school, looking for an opportunity. They gave me a platform, they gave me a character, and, uh, you know, without the ECW, WWE might not have even hired me. So... In that sense, Paul owes me nothing. But in the, those last couple months, it affected different people different ways. You know, there are some people who still, you know, kind of lived at home, you know, and, uh, you know, were wrestling, you know, on the weekends. And and if they missed a check, they still had a support system, so to speak. But then there was people who were, you know, depending on that money for house payments, car payments, stuff like that. Affect you know then they said I'd be affected different people in different ways. Me on the other hand, I was still I still had my WWE money. Uh, the 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 closing of ECW and WCW affected me in a way that it flooded the the marketplace as far as independents go because it became like the Wild Wild West where you know back when there was WCW WWE. If you got released, you can go on the Indies and make a fortune just because you're fresh off TV. But now you got over 30 guys fresh off TV 
oversaturating the independent market. So I never really got to make that fresh off TV indie money, you know, so to speak. You know, uh, I'm showing up to a show. I'm driving to an indie in my car and uh, making my money and you know, some money marks flying in uh, some WCW guys and giving them a limo and they're pulling up to the, they're pulling up to the ice rink in a limo. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> you know, and, and they, they weren't even the promoters. They were just paying to fly these guys into work shows for them and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, then the ECW affected different people in different ways. Uh, it didn't really affect me. Um, I'm forever grateful for ECW, and uh, some people might say foolishly so, um, but to me, ECW was, uh, there's two people. There's people who wish they worked in ECW, and there's people who are fucking pissed that they didn't work in ECW. You know, if I could paraphrase what Bubba Ray Dudley said about ECW, there's people who wish they worked in ECW, and there's people who are mad they didn't work in ECW, because people would kill to work in an atmosphere like that. Where it was, it felt, it felt like you're in a movie Slapshot. It felt like you're in a movie Major League, with a little bit of a Rocky Horror Picture Show thrown in. You know, we were the uh, the kids who laughed a little bit too loud in class. You know, Andrew Bailey from the Pod Squad wants to know, Hey, Manny, what time is your flight tonight to St. Louis? Uh, I'm on the plane right now. Actually. <laughs> uh, that's uh, all the questions for this week with Ask Meanie again. Don't forget to I, I, ask I have, Meanie. I, 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 hold on, hold on. I gotta. I know we're we're uh, putting a bow on it, but yeah. every time I think of St. Louis or hear St. Louis, it reminds me of the time me and Stevie did this show in St. Louis, and it was this small independent around ninety six, ninety seven, and Stevie wrestled. Glenn Jacobs, who was still doing the uh, Diesel character. And uh, it was in a small nightclub in St. Louis somewhere. And it was kind of cool because Glenn's from that area. But like Stevie was big Stevie cool, you know, as the BWO. We were still wearing our BWO gear. That's how. So it's around that time. It's before Stevie went to WCW. So it had to be 97. And uh, Stevie's doing... Big Stevie Cool, which is a, a parody of Diesel, yeah, or Kevin Nash, and he's wrestling the guy who is doing Diesel, which was Kevin Nash's character. So it's like the tale of two uh, parody uh, <laughs> parodies of Kevin Nash wrestling each other. That's hilarious. So and, and that happened in St. Louis, and for whatever reason, every time I hear St. Louis, I think of that that <laughs> night. <laughs> that was probably a pretty cool match to watch, though. I'm sure. Uh, oh, it's, 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 it's definitely fun. Don't forget to ask Meanie by using the hashtag Ask Meanie and tweet at us with your questions for next week. Meanie, tell everybody where they can find you on the social media platforms and every everywhere else. Uh, before I forget, uh, Vanessa Bello was kind enough to remind me, Mad Cat Beard Care. Go to madcatbeardcare.com uh, to get yourself smelling... Uh, like a blue spruce. <laughs> go, go, go to madcatbeercare.com, buy the blue spruce beard oil and bombs. And, uh, you know, get yourself a nice little beard comb, which I keep in my back pocket all day, every day, over there at madcatbeercare.com. And uh, the money goes to a good cause. Uh, on social media, you can find me across every platform at Blue Meanie BWO. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok, which I do not know how to use quite yet. But uh, yeah, follow me on all the social medias. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you want to support the Blue Meanie directly, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Mind of the Meanie, where uh, we just uploaded a brand new Mind of the Meanie podcast shirt, logo shirt, which... uh, uh, I mean, we've only been doing the, doing the show for almost two fucking years and we just realized that our logo didn't say the word podcast on it so I was like oh let's put up a shirt that says podcast <laughs> so when those people who don't know what we are see the shirt they go oh there's a podcast so uh, go to presslingtees.com slash mindofmeanie go to mindofmeanie.com uh, and if you want to watch us record this live each and every week go to patreon.com slash mindofmeanie 
And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's at this is Goober. Yes, that is my handle. No, I'm not changing it. I'm keeping it forever. Uh, you can also check out my uh, additional show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. Uh, there's lots of great conversations and all kinds of fantastic things to find there. Blue Meanie's going to be joining me as well. Uh, I got a other couple of surprises coming up as well. So continue to tune in. I appreciate you guys stopping by the pod squad. Don't forget patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Sign up today. Blue meanie, thank you as always for your time, sir. I am always grateful to spend this afternoon with you. For the blue meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Minnie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.